Welcome to Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly. March was a great month, almost set the record for the most downloads in history of the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast, fell 20 short to February. And yes, I do know February has three less days. February was a great month. March started off extremely slow, but just came in like a wrecking ball. And I want to thank everybody. The growth has been through the roof. And I really do appreciate everybody who's been listening. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask you right now to share it, download, talk amongst your friends, the topics we're talking about, um, and just continue the conversation going. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. But everybody has a great start to Q2 as Q1 is now in the books. So um, went to my nephew's baseball game yesterday. And there's one thing that I kind of noticed. My, my nephew plays in this 10-11 bracket, and he does a lot of these competitive teams travel teams, et cetera. Now they don't travel all over the country, but they do travel over the state of North Carolina. And I'm looking around and I am just amazed. Now, if you're just listening right now, I played minor league baseball for two years. I was a professional baseball player. I played in college. I played AAU. I played travel ball. I did it all. Played Legion ball. uh, You name it. I did it. I started playing baseball when I was five. Played till I was 24. It was almost 20 years. And I was just, what I was thrown was every single kid in the ballpark looked like a big leaguer. And I guess the kids now are calling it drip. (laughs) I feel so weird saying that, but uh, every single kid had the wristbands and had the bags and had the helmets and the gloves and the perfectly flat brim. And they had the long hair in the back and they had the eyeliner, not the eyeliner, excuse me, the eye black that's underneath. And then it comes straight down. They had it all. Except most of these kids can't play. I hate to say it. I know they are 11 and 10, 10, 11 and 12 years old. We're at that field, but they can't, most of these kids cannot play at all. They don't have hardly the ability. Okay. I played with a lot of baseball players. By the time you hit 10, 11, 12, you can tell who's going to be a serious ball player for their career. And I'm out there. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's hardly any ball players out there. I mean, I was probably one of a dozen, maybe 15 kids that were just absolutely destroying the ball at 10 and 11, routinely testing the fence. Meanwhile, I sat through several games that my nephew hit the furthest ball. Uh, It was actually a very, very good hit to the gap, but it still fell like 20, 30 feet short of the fence. Nobody else came close. I'd say of the balls that were put in play, half of them didn't even leave the infield. Not because they were ground balls. They didn't have the, the strength to get there. But yet, when they came up to the plate, and it is different, back in my day, uh, we'd show up to the field, and the league, the little league, what have you, they'd already have helmets prepared. But now, I guess because of new rules, every kid's got to have their own helmet, every kid's got to have their own bat, every kid's got to have their own gloves, like all their own equipment. If you're a catcher, you got to have your own gear. Back in the day, they used to have this duffel bag they would dump out. There'd be catcher's gear, there'd be helmets for all the players, and there'd be bats. Now, I always wanted to have my own my own equipment, and my parents allowed me to do that because they saw, hey, you know what, Mike's a really good baseball player. Maybe we should invest in this. But 
my, I mean, just to the level that these kids now have custom uniforms with their names on the back, like custom hats, wearing fitted hats at like 10 and 11. I didn't get fitted hats till I was in high school in Legion Ball. That's when you're like, oh man, we made it. We're wearing fitted hats. No more of this adjustable one size fits all. But I looked around the field and these kids can't play. I mean, I hate to say it. I was talking with my sister and my sister was like, oh my God, these parents all think their kids are making it to the big leagues. I can look on the field right now and I could tell you the three to four ball players that may have a slight chance, may have a slight chance. Because trust me, back in 2001, I had a rude awakening when I saw these kids from Latin America. And I hear these stories about kids in the Dominican Republic. They're playing 9, 10, 11 hours a day. Meanwhile, I asked my brother-in-law, I was like, how often do they actually practice during the week? You know what he told me? They don't even take batting practice on the field. No batting practice on the field, yet they have two games on Saturdays, two games on Sundays. Sometimes they have games during the week. They have three practices. They only get like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes on the field. So they usually do infield, outfield, and then people hit in the cages. That's it. That's their development? Are you kidding me? But these Latin kids, they're on the field 9, 10, 11 hours. This is my point. When I walked out to the field today, I said, wow, there's a lot of good ball players out there. And then I actually watched them play. And there was hardly any. And if you're not familiar with youth baseball, the baseball field's all kind of home plate. It's like four diamonds kind of converge, kind of in a center console. And that's usually where the concession stand is, the bathrooms are, et cetera. And then, you know, the home plates are all facing different directions. And so I just kind of was kind of walking around in between innings, circling around. I mean, there was one field where they were playing 50 Cent, uh, Dr. Dre. They're having walk-up songs. And I asked, I was like, what age is this? And they're like, oh, this is 12, 13. I didn't see a single ball player on that field. Not one. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not a hater. Like, I'm not. I'm just saying, it seems like everybody's more concerned with how the kids look. Is their uniform. I mean... There was this one kid that came up to bat and I actually was, I was, I kind of mentioned this to my brother-in-law and I said, Hey, kind of looks like everybody's more focused on how they look. Literally the next guy that came up to bat for the other team, he had the ankle shin guard. He had a hand wrist, uh, wrist protector in his back pocket. That is for when he runs the bases, he doesn't hurt his wrist when he slides yeah, that's a thing. I never had that in my entire career. I never wore a shin guard on my front foot. I never had it protecting the top of my foot. First of all, these kids don't swing hard enough to do any type of damage whatsoever. Trust me. I've hit many a ball off my foot, off my shin. I've actually hit a ball off of my back knee. Yeah, it's really hard to do. It's a very weird pitch, weird angle, and it hurt, but it didn't kill me. These guys got the glove. They've got the sleeves on like the, the, you know, Evo shield is the company and I like Evo shield. You know, it came out well past my career, uh, it was over, but they got the helmets and then they got the custom jerseys and they got the custom pants. And then they've got the, you know, 
all their gloves are like the best gloves in the world. All of their cleats look like they're $200. I mean, shoot, these kids come up to bat. They look like they've got $1,200 worth of equipment on their back. And none of them can play. Full transition. Now I'm going to start talking about the sales world. All right. There's a lot of people that they look the part. Very professional, very buttoned up. They know what to say. Seems like all the time they interview so well. And then they get out in the field and they don't know what they're doing. There's a lot of that going around the sales world. I kind of feel the same thing when I walk into some sales meetings. I kind of walk by and I see some guys, you know, puffing their chest, wearing these expensive suits. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, this dude can't sell. There's a lot of ways to make money in the sales world. There really is. You know, you can have a fantastic product. I really liked the products that I had in my sales career, but I never had an industry leader. I never had an industry leader. I never had a product. Well, after Enterprise, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, we did really make waves. I mean, we really crushed Hertz when I was there. But other than that, every other company was super small. We didn't have products that people had heard of. So I had to constantly introduce myself. And I always thought, you know, what would it be like if I walked into an office and everybody was already familiar with my product? Everybody wanted my product. I wonder what that would have been like. It's not something I really want. I mean, that's not a challenge. But I wonder what that would be like. Point is, it doesn't matter how great your suit looks. It doesn't matter how great your dress, your clothes are. It doesn't matter how polished your opener is. If you haven't worked on your skills, you haven't spent time in the batting cage, you haven't spent time practicing getting your arm stronger, you haven't done the work before the games. It doesn't matter how great you look. It doesn't matter what your uniforms look like, how shiny your cleats are, what type of equipment you have. If you don't put the work in beforehand, you're going to struggle. Period. Point blank. Because not everything is going to be set up perfectly for you. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have tri- uh, tribulations. You're going to trip up. It's always going to happen. Sales calls don't go according to plan. Sales meetings don't go according to plan. Nothing goes according to plan. If it did, there would be no reason for outside sales reps. Marketing could just handle everything from a corporate office. You could have inside sales reps. If all it was, was getting in touch with the person at the other end that you're trying to sell and giving them a logical reason to to buy, there would be no reason why outside sales reps would exist. None whatsoever. But we do exist. We've existed probably since selling began with door to door. And there's a reason. There's a value. And that value is, quite frankly, it takes a lot more than just a great opener. It takes a lot more than just looking good on the field, having the right gear, having that drip, as the young kids would say. <laughs> I now feel I'm starting to feel my age when I just hear that word come out of my mouth, drip. But when when that starts happening, when you're starting to, you know, look better than you really are. 
you're putting on a facade. And real will recognize real pretty quick. And they'll look through that facade. So you might get some low-hanging fruit, but you're not going to make a career with an, as being an empty suit or an empty, empty, I think they call it empty skirt. If you're just, if you just look the part, you don't really know what you're doing, you don't have a process in place, you're not a student of sales, you're not going to make it very far. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. You're not going to make it very far. So don't be like these little kids. And and look, half of it's the kids, but it's also the parents. Okay. It's the parents encouraging them to just wear whatever you want to wear. No, it's absolutely ridiculous. Go into the batting cage. You know, my dad used to, it's funny. My dad used to drop me off at this place called Windy Hill. It was like 10 minutes away from our house. And it was one of these uh, golf course putt-putts, driving range putt-putts. Maybe there was a, a, a nine hole or a par, a par three course. And then of course it was that big, it looked like a big tent where it had all the pitching machines and they'd, you know, cement and you'd have your little, your stations, you had different speeds. And my dad would just hand me a bunch of tokens and I'd sit there and he was, and I was like, well, how do I know when I'm, when I'm done? And he was like, when your hands hurt, <laughs> swing until your hands hurt. And I mean, sometimes I'd be up there for hours. I don't know how much money my dad, I mean, probably like 20, 30 bucks per session. Back then, you know, I think tokens were like a quarter a piece. It was the eighties, you know, but I would practice and I'd practice and I'd practice. And my dad would, would have me practice at home. I'd go outside and I'd, I would do dry cuts. That's just swinging the bat, you know, swinging the bat, dry cuts. You would, you would call this in the sales world, role-playing. You don't have to have somebody else on the other end. You don't have to hit a ball to get, get a good swing. I had a great swing when I played. I had a great swing because I literally went out and just practiced the swing over and over and over again. Same thing has to happen in the sales world. You don't want to be an empty suit. You want to be able to handle all of those challenges that come your way. And every time you reach a challenge, you defeat it, you succeed, and you keep getting stronger, and you keep you keep leveling up your ability. The more that you can face adversity and level up, sky's the limit. But it's only going to happen if you put in the repetition. It's only going to happen if you put in the work. It doesn't matter what you look like doing it in the beginning. Kid, a kid could come out there and be an absolute baller on the field, have no batting gloves, no sleeves on his arms, no guarding his knee or his ankles with a shin guard, none of that. And he could be the best ball player on the field. Now, at some point, he might want to think about investing in some of those things, but in the beginning, you don't. Stop focusing on trying to be perfect. Stop focusing on what it's going to look like. Just get out there and do it. You can start today. First day of Q2. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Please download, share the episodes. If you want to reach out to me, go to mikeokelly.com and you can click on the connect tab and you can send me a message or you can reach out to me at Mike at Surviving Outside Sales. Either way is great. 
I'd love to hear from you. I enjoy every time I get to interact with somebody who's listening to the show. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. See you tomorrow. Surviving Outside Sales. Bye-bye.